You are listening to Nicholas Acosta with Downtown Expert Realty in Orlando, Florida. Host of the podcast, Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Nick sits down with guests to talk about how real estate works. You can check out his podcast at www.downtown.expert or 407-508-8809. Facebook and Instagram at downtown.expert. Enjoy the episode. Hey there, everybody. This is Nicholas Acosta, host of the podcast, Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Uh, joining you live today from beautiful Kissimmee, Florida. Actually here at my uh, one listing. I had a showing this morning at 10 and I have another one tomorrow morning. Uh, we should be reaching a, uh, an offer shortly. And today, as always, uh, we're joined by uh, Mike Synthetic, President and CEO of Blanchard Insurance. And they are a paid advertiser of the show. Uh, Mike, good morning. How's it going there, sir? Hey, great, Nick. How are you doing this morning? Doing great. Like I was saying, uh, over here in uh, Kissimmee this time, normally I'm in the home studio, so to speak, in downtown Orlando, uh, but I had a, which is a good thing, I had a show in here, so I'm doing the show from here, and then also I'm, I'm grateful for you guys being able to reschedule and work with my schedule here, because yesterday I had another showing as well that, that conflicted with the time, so I do appreciate your guys' cooperation over there at Blanchard Insurance. Yeah, no worries at all. Awesome, man. So, how's it going? So, basically, today, um, well, I know we we're going to talk about, for everybody listening out there, um, we were going to talk about uh, what, why it's important to have a good insurance company and insurance agent on your side, when it like on your team, so to speak, uh, when it comes to being a real estate agent and knowing who to, like a referral for, uh, for buyers and sellers out there. So Mike, can we talk about that today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess what we'll say, there's, um, as me and uh, Nick were discussing pre-show, and I've thought about this a lot lately because we've been doing some, um, you know, branding and, and whatnot. And one of the things that, you know, we've noticed when we are, you know, talking to real, real estate partners and people in the mortgage space and title space. So anybody really involved in the real estate transaction side of things, we've said, you know, what, what can we tell them to look for, whether they are partnering, you know, with an agency brokerage like ours or, you know, somebody else out there as well. I, and we, we narrowed it down really to three key factors that we think are very important that an agent nowadays in today's market should look for. And number one is, and probably the most important of them all in, you know, in order of importance would be experience. And the reason I say that right now is in this hard market that everybody's experienced right now, especially here in Central Florida, where it's, you know, insurance rates are going through the roof when it, in regards to homeowners insurance. It's very difficult to get homeowners insurance. And, you know, we're having roofing issues and, you know, and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, newer agents sometimes don't have the experience of being through a market like this. So like this and being able to navigate it. The last time I think we really saw a market or something that is 
you know, very comparative to what we have right now is probably back in 2006. And the reason for that is because we came off a couple of years of 2004, 2005, which everybody knows were very bad storm seasons here in central Florida. It literally crippled, um, you know, in, in impacted the real estate market, but it really crippled the insurance industry. So when you have an agent who's been through a market in a time like that, it's invaluable experience and that they can draw on that to, you know, and apply into a, a very similar market that we're, you know, going through today. So I'd say that is, you know, one of the most important factors. And, I, you know, and ask, you know, when you're working with agents to ask them about that, you know, how many hurricanes have you, be, have you been through? How many claims have you resolved? How long have you had your licensure? How long have you been partnered with the carriers you work with? Uh, you know, even, you know, your former, uh, you know, you know, employer there, Nick, you know, at Progressive. I mean, we've been with Progressive, gosh, going back uh to the early 2000s so we have a relationship with a carrier like that and that's very important too not just you know like hey my name is mike i've had a license for one year and i have a relationship with this carrier for one year i it might i don't i wouldn't really have a lot of experience in the market um you know number two as we were talking about again in pre-show is a one of the, the next important thing i would say is reviews and when i'm talking about reviews i'm not talking about what some agent you know real star insurance agent puts up on their website or whatnot i'm talking about real authentic google interviews right. and when i'm talking about that i'm talking you know two things to look for are how many how many reviews do they have how was and you can tell how important these reviews and how important uh you, you know their clients are to them by looking at the, the mere amount of reviews i mean if you're looking at an insurance agency and they've been around for 25 years and they have five google reviews you just got Kind of look at that and question like well how much effort are they really putting into finding out what their you know what their clients think about them what what their clients are saying about them how important is that to them and you know so volume is important but it's also very important to look at what their clients are saying in the reviews and you and you got to look for other keywords besides you know like save me money or cheap or you know look for things that are like you know responsive look for things the keywords like claims service went above and beyond i think those are actually more important than just you know it's saving a client money and look for, you know, things like where, like, especially on claims, where, you know, where did this agency and where did this agent get me out of a jam? How did they go above and beyond and help me? So I think it's really important to see things like that. And if, you know, if they have a negative review here and there, I mean, don't shy away from that as everybody knows. I mean, like there are more negative reviews out there than positive reviews in any business, especially with insurance companies and the insurance industry in general. So it's always also how they handle those comments. Uh, so if they got one or two in there, see how they respond, see how, um, you know, you know, they try to fix an issue. That's just as important as well. And number three, the last thing that we really came up with is and what we call around here is the grind. And what I mean by that is how hard is your insurance agent working for you? Uh, and as we all know, everything is out there in social media land these days. And even when I go to work with somebody, uh, whether it's, you know, a, 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 you know, a new 
you know, person, agent come to work for us, uh, whether it's a lender I decide to work with or whether it's a, a new accountant I decide to work with, you better believe that I actually go out there and look on social media and look on LinkedIn and look everywhere because I want to see like who I'm working with, but I also want to see how hard they're working for their clients. So I know that's going to be a direct, you know, uh, reflection of what, you know, what I'm going to, you know, receive as well. And when I'm talking about the grind, I mean, I want you to really look at, are these agents working after five? working after bankers hours or sometimes they working on the weekends or are they out there playing golf and going fishing you know you know Wednesday through Friday or on the weekends and I pose the question is you know if you ever especially in real estate if you're ever getting into the closing table and there's a problem with the insurance at six o'clock on a Friday night and something's behind what are they going to do to fix that problem? I mean, here we, we always kind of joke around. We're kind of like, you know, on Fridays, it's going to be a late night every Friday, especially before like a holiday weekend. We're here to like seven or eight o'clock at night, uh, you know, just making sure this, especially if it's at the end of the month, trying to get those closings to go through, making sure there's no insurance issues. So that's another thing, you know, uh, again, is to, you know, make sure the grind. So again, those things are just, you know, looking at experience, looking at the reviews online and looking on social media and looking how hard they're at that actual insurance agents working for you because our job is to not only support your clients but it's also to support you as the realtor i mean you guys are just as important as the clients we're providing the products and services to no i couldn't agree with you more mike i mean it comes it it rings through in my head while we're here talking about this to the audience listening and watching today that it's crucial i mean now, with, especially with the pandemic that we've been going through, and like we were just talking in pre-show as well, and anyone listening out there, Mike and I are talking, uh, California, which as we know, most people know, is a really strict state when it comes to emissions for vehicles and automobile, you know, things like that, environmental stuff, that they, I was reading an article last night that they're talking about rolling back a lot of their openings, like theme parks, for instance, like Disneyland and yeah. uh, Knott's Berry Farm, and they're telling people that if they get to a certain tier level, I think it was like tier one or two, two or tier three, one of those, that basically, even with that, they would only allow the theme parks in California to open at 25% capacity. And I'm going to tell you right now, and this, you know, I guess this does, we can talk about this too. This is like a, a liability thing too. Like, for instance, like when you go to Universal Orlando, I'm a pass holder, we're pass holders. And the entire time now, when you walk through, the, the people movers and the walkway that goes from the parking garage to the city walk and all that stuff. You know, back in the day before COVID, they were playing music all the time, like, you know, popular yeah. music. But now the entire time you're there because of legal ramifications and liability for their insurance, it's a constant recording in English and Spanish talking about face coverage required for guests as well as team members at all times and um, social distancing. Now, when you go into the theme park, I'm going to be honest, the last time we were there, we were just there a few days ago. Nobody, in my opinion, is following the six-foot social distancing rule. No, no. It looks like everybody was on top of each other. It's almost like here, maybe as Americans or maybe as Floridians, we just kind of like gave up on safety. Yeah. They're wearing face covers, but it doesn't really matter if you're on top of each other in a crowd. I'm like, why are we wearing face covers? We might as well take them off, our face covers off now because – Nobody's abiding by the distance rule uh, or regulation or whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's why doing these things, like, yeah, they're important 
like Mike was talking about, no matter what, like things like these legal, you know, the legal, uh, you know, restrictions in place and social distancing, face covering. But at the same time, or and I know people are going to ignore it, but I have to do the same thing because I want to, like Mike was saying, and with insurance too, is that we're here to do whatever it can be above and beyond. We're not going to just tell you we're above and beyond or that we have, you know, the days of saying you have superior customer service. That doesn't exist anymore. Nobody cares about that statement. Show yeah. me. Oh, yeah. Don't tell me. Yeah, right? yeah. exactly. So, exactly. And, and when it comes to my real estate, yes, I'm, you know, legally – I, I'm I'm a responsible person anyhow, so I'm going to put COVID nineteen procedures in place like they do at the theme parks. But at the same time, I'm going to go above and beyond that guideline or whatever the minimum requirements is like for the CDC, for instance, for disease control, because I want to make sure that my that I'm safe, my family's safe, and ultimately that the clients that come through open houses or showings like I have today that. I'm going. I'm monitoring the situation from afar, but still close enough to make sure everybody's in got in compliance with those guidelines. Because I don't want to risk anybody's life because somebody decided at the last second, oh, I don't need to wear a mask here. Or, I don't need to do this. I don't need to wash my hands. I'm going to touch all the doors, all the windows, all the light switches. No, no, we, we're not doing that because we're looking out one for your safety and then also the seller's safety, my safety, the other buyer's agent or the other the buyer's agent's safety, anybody's safety. So this is just going into like business in general, that this is a time not to pull back from protecting people in many ways besides things like a virus, but in every single way, uh, like we were talking, you and I might, but we can talk about that too, about how I read an article last night, I think it was like NBCnews.com or one of those, uh, or LinkedIn, or um, well, I think it was on LinkedIn or something. It was basically talking about how, um, you know, you got to, um, what was I going to tell you? It was basically saying that that this is also a time where, like even as a buyer's agent and then even in the insurance industry, to let people know, be very careful who you send your information to in terms of like banking information, social security, because we've already had this issue before COVID, but there's a lot of opportunists out there right now that are going to be coming after you. And I'm sure you guys have over at Blanchard Insurance, like with businesses and all that, is there a kind of like coverage that you guys offer a product that's, that covers things like, you know, people that, you know, theft of like identities or, you know what I'm saying? Oh like yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it even goes all the way down to the renter's insurance policy, uh, right. which they they call the HO4. I mean, most of them come with, you know, a certain amount of identity theft that is built in there. Uh, and usually it's a limited amount. I mean, it's probably like $15,000. And then usually, uh, you know, obviously with your bank, uh, they'll usually pro provide some form of coverage that's limited gratis, or maybe even your credit card, uh, you know, provider does as well. Um, but even on your uh, standard homeowner's insurance, you know, there is identity theft coverage. Now, when you get into the business insurance side of things on the standard business owner's policy, yes, there is 
a limited amount of things like identity coverage, personal injury, which, you know, protects you from, you know, any type of, you know, defamation of character or anything like that that's built into the policy. But you can also buy enhanced limits on top of that. And I mean, you can buy limits and, you know, up into the millions of dollars. It's just what, you know, what your budget is and what you think your risk is when you take a look at it. And then you get into more expansive products like cyber liability coverage and the new one with cyber liability coverage now, which, you know, cyber liability protects, you know, loss of data and everything else. But they're also including what they call social engineering coverage. So social engineering is uh, gets more into uh, phishing. It gets more into your emails, uh, you know, protecting you on those, so, you know, different types of scams. Uh, and one of the scams that we notice a lot with clients is where, you know, let's say, for example, they get through Microsoft for their email server, you know, in the cloud. Right. And what somebody will do is, you know, fish and eventually they'll log into the admin and go into, we've seen this, they actually like, let's say they go into Mike at BlanchardInsurance.com and, you know, get into my email address. Well, what they may do is get in there and create an alias. They may create like, uh, you know, Mike Tonsetic at BlanchardInsurance.com. I will right. never know unless I go in and check my aliases. And usually everybody, when you own a business, you might have a couple of alias emails in there as well. But what they'll do is they'll get in there. So they're monitoring your email traffic. Every single thing you're getting, they're getting a copy of it. And they'll, and they'll keep it on there. And what they'll do is they'll steal your email list. They'll try to get into your database and whatnot. And it's something that you're not really even cognizant of. So you have to pay very close attention. The best way in question is obviously when you get an email and people, somebody has masked their email. So it looks like Mike from Blanchard Insurance and you hit the reply. If it says something on there, that's an unfamiliar email. That's the easiest way to identify that somebody's phishing your email or, you know, sending you, you know, some type of you know, spam with, you know, a virus can be included. But again, I mean, you can buy, you can buy this coverage. Uh, it's a relatively new emerging industry. So yes, there are a lot of exclusions, but, and, and now they're incorporating more endorsements. But it's something that every business is going to probably should incorporate at some time. No, I completely agree with that. That's funny you're talking about the alias things of uh, emails. Uh, there was I've been a, a victim, I'm sure uh, many people have of identity theft out there listening, yeah. watching today. Um, I believe I got a call. Um, I have. I think it was. Uh, let me try to see. So I have an email address. In the inacostafl at gmail.com. That's my email address I've had since 2007, back when Google required you to, or Gmail required you to get an invitation from a friend to join yeah. before it was yeah. public, you know, free reign like it is today for the last few years. Um, and somebody, I got a, a call from a lender, or not a lender, but a credit card company, and just said, We want to verify your email address. Is your email address inacostafl and the number one at gmail.com? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely not. Okay. Thank you for letting us know. We'll make sure to make a note that this was a fraudulent attempt because they were trying to create since the system or Gmail wouldn't allow them to create the username again because it's already in use, as we know, how you can't recreate the same email. So we're talking about like Mike's talking about the aliases that they had to put a one after the, the letter L after Florida in order for him to see, oh well, let's we think we're gonna trick somebody here. This is a similar email, but not the same email as 
the original person that we're trying to steal information from. Yeah, and it, it's always good. Like we, our IT routine, routinely uh, gets into our server and checks our emails and go through the entire list to make sure there's no aliases that are set up in there that we may not know about that are just kind of piggybacking off our emails. That's right. one thing you can do. And in regards to passwords, I know, you know, there's a bunch of apps out there with passwords. Everybody thinks they have the secret sauce to, you know, get this password that nobody's going to break. Uh, I've actually talked to a couple guys who are you know very very smart uh computer engineers and i'm talking you know these guys went to ivy league and whatnot i kind of asked them uh you know you know what they do for passwords uh you know one time and they said they basically created their own algorithm to develop their own passwords and you can read you can read i'm not going to get into you know a minute detail about it but it is interesting that they they create their passwords using this algorithm and, it, and i'm not talking about they went out and coded an algorithm it's just something right. they have so, for example, their bank, they may say something like, uh, you know, have their mother's maiden name, then, you know, type in the name of their bank and then have a date of birth that, you know, changes or something like that. So if they put like three or four different uh, factors into this algorithm that they have, so it's a password that they don't really have to be. They don't have to have a memory for. They don't have to write it down anywhere. It's just they. It's like it's almost like a mathematical formula. So they know when they go to log into Bank of America that this is what their password should be. And it's very interesting. So I, you know, I would behoove anybody to uh, or you know recommend anybody you know something like that. Go out there and just you know find you know a YouTube tutorial and figure out you know how to do it. And then you don't really have to keep track of your passwords. And from what they said is you know that's pretty much one of the most you know, secure ways to your password oh you see that uh this is actually funny that we're talking about that that i like how we're talking about this because we're not, we're not going to go anybody listen we're not going to go into any deep more detail about it but i always just thought i about this when i was doing the the brokers course a few months back already and they were talking about business management as a broker and talking about like where you're talking about security and you know like protecting yourself like people from phishing, hacking, and all that stuff. So there's a website that's called howsecureismypassword.com. And I just typed in some general password just now. And you see at the bottom there, it said it would take the computer about 16 hours to figure out the one I, obviously it's masked what I wrote. I wrote something simple. So if anybody's out there listening, and if you write a simple password, and this is really simple password, I wrote just like a name of a street and a year. Yeah. I think it was 19, at 1910 or something, or 1910. And look at it says, somebody, a computer system could figure out your password in 16 hours. And there was another one I typed in before I shared the screen, or maybe it was showing on the screen. It said it would, they would be able to figure out the password instantly, like hackers out there. So, oh, yeah. so even though you have those things like you're talking about the algorithms, there is anybody that may not have the, the ability to spend that kind of money or have the IT in place. I'm talking about on a personal level. Business, yeah, yeah. I would recommend that you get an IT department or an IT contractor um but personally out there you know run your your password through this because you know if you make it something like your your kid's name and, and the year you were born well a hacker is going to figure out your bank if you're using that as your bank login password a hacker is going to figure that out pretty quickly because they're going to start looking when they go to hack you or look in your 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 information they're going to try to guess what you what words or what names you're using and what date of birth you might be using because they already know that that's the common thing that people will automatically do as a password on their like 
secure things like bank passwords that is you know yeah and i mean like like we've always said your information is out there whether you like it or not and right. you don't think it is i mean look at your facebook profile look at your linkedin profile you're talking about you know i can you know let, let's say you went to you know ucf and you know i can find that out on your linkedin or on your facebook page i can say well maybe knights is included in your password i can easily find out you know what your mother's maiden name is and you know maybe that's incorporating the password so all these analytics and all this data, I mean, they're putting into algorithms to be able to figure out your password. So, uh, you know, it is getting and it's getting there. It's getting more advanced. Technology is getting a lot better. People are getting a lot smarter. Uh, and then again, at the same time, simultaneously, people are putting more of their information out there as well, which makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I, I tell people it's funny that we talk about that, too, about information out there. I think there is an option in Facebook. I mean, I don't know how truly it would get rid of your information from Facebook, but there's like a, a something in settings now that your Facebook profile plan upon your, your upon your death, like to basically yeah. close down your page or your group or whatever. Or your, and I'm like, well, I don't even think if you did that, uh, even if you did that, you still your information is still out there because oh, yeah. it's out there everywhere. Anyhow. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's just, I don't know, that's crazy. But, and there was another thing I was going to talk to you, and I, we, I know we're all, we have like six more minutes left, but I guess we could talk about this. So, when I was first in real estate, this is a perfect topic to talk about real estate brokers out there that own their own brokerages or even real estate agents out there. Um, when I first got in the business over two years ago now, and I just passed my, my, I just passed my real estate sales license course, or, and also the test for the state. Um, I started with a brokerage and they had mentioned to me from their IT department and I would maybe you guys, have, I'm sure you guys maybe have a product for insurance like this over there because we talk about like the social media protection and all that. Um, it basically said in order to use your email, your like your personal Gmail as a, as a way to, uh, you know, as a point of contact for a potential buyer or seller out there, right? Because of data being shared. That you had to turn on if you use gmail which they had used gmail you had to turn on what was called two-step verification which i have on yeah. and their errors and emissions insurance for that brokerage said they would only protect your your independent contractor's email address if they had two-step factor factor authentication turned on if you did not you would not be protected by errors and emissions insurance out there yeah, it's getting more stringent uh, when you look at it. I mean, talking about errors and emissions and talking about uh, cyber liability and any type of insurance, you know, in general right now. And this is going to, and it has to do right now too with the pandemic, with COVID and everything, because, you know, hacking and a cyber risk is going through the roof because of it. Because uh, they know, you know, more people are at home, uh, more people are working remotely and inherently more people are using their uh you know private emails to do business and, and whatnot and it, it's right. crazy and i mean it tied along with that i mean i just kind of noticed um with an analyst brain that i have i kind of noticed a trend the other day that was i was looking in some you know job networks and it, it, it st i stumbled upon a, a Kind of an anomaly that I, I i would have never never thought of unless i you know found this but it was a bunch of out of work 
H human resources people. And I, I was like, gosh, you know, nine out of these 10, you know, or nine out of these 10 resumes are human resources people. And I'm talking from the executive level all the way down to eight, you know, HR specialists, uh, you know, kind of at, you know, at the ground level. And I was thinking about it and I was going, well, that, it kind of makes sense. Well, if you have these, you know, giant corporations, uh, you know, like Disney that are, you know, furloughing and laying off, you know, thousands of people, then, you know, why do you need this huge HR staff? And then I started thinking about, you know, these companies who have taken, you know, gotten rid of their infrastructures, for example, most recently nationwide, where they were kind of like, everybody's going to work remotely from home, we're getting rid of our internal infrastructure, nobody's coming to the office, not anymore. And I was like, well, there's a big downsize on the HR department there, because, you know, well, Mike's no longer in the office, you know, you know, cursing, you know, at the top of his lungs, and, you know, Nick's not in there, you know, you know, doing questionable things. So why don't, why do you know, and so I think a lot of these companies now are kind of looking at it going out of sight, out of mind. Uh, because that's really a lot of the HR people. I mean, a lot of the stuff that, uh, you know, as far as paperwork and compliance, I mean, that's so automated these days. And right. they have HR platforms that do all that and, you know, AI incorporated and whatnot. So really the HR person's role was, you know, conflict resolution. Well, now the companies are going, well, as long as Mike's getting his work done at home, who cares if he's yelling, you know, you know, dropping F-bombs at the top of his lungs, you know, beating on his dogs? Out of sight, out of mind, it's not a liability anymore. But what I'm trying to do is tie it around and say that also the employee is putting the company in more jeopardy at the same time because who knows what they're doing? I mean, are they looking at social media on a secure network? Are they uh, using their personal email as well as their work email? So, yes. Now, and wrapping around to answer your question, I think that's going to – as you know, when in the insurance business, when the risk becomes adverse, and what I mean is when the risk becomes too much for a company to handle, what's the first thing that insurance company does is they start excluding coverage. They started putting exclusions on there because it becomes not only unprofitable for the insurance company because everybody's in it for business, but also it, it puts them uh, in a situation where they're not going to be you know, affected adversely, just like we have the roofs in Central Florida right now, where it's kind of like the insurance companies are paying out $1.29 in claims on average for every dollar they're taking in. Well, I mean, is that a wise investment? <laughs> no. Uh, so, yes, you are going to see a lot of that, and you know, paperwork change. So when people are getting the renewal, especially in real estate and title and mortgage and even insurance, uh, their errors and admissions, it's a good thing to actually review your renewals coming up in the, over the next couple of years, as well as your cyber liability products, because you won't notice it. And it's just like, as you know, coming from this business, everybody takes their policy, including myself. You know, you throw it in a drawer, you throw it in the trash, you don't read it because the insurance companies have a tendency to make it 200 pages. You know why? They don't want you reading all of it. They don't want you to know every exclusion in there. Why would they want you to know that here are some outs for them and opportunities for them to get out of a claim? They don't want you to question it, uh, but it's a good time. And when you don't understand, have somebody review it because I've been doing this for 20, almost 20 years. And you and literally part of my job is to be, it's another language and I have to act like a translator half the time. Well, I agree. And same thing here with real estate. Anybody out there, you need somebody exactly. else, myself or anybody out there that's real estate. And then like Mike and insurance and my analytical brain. And this is why we, we get along so well on this podcast. Mike is, I was thinking about it too. Like just because they've downsized the human resources department, for instance, like nationwide has said, we're working from home only now, no more in the office. They still have to review their insurance policies or, you know, HR policies because 
coworkers probably are more likely. Exactly. To, uh, <laughs> we're not. They're more likely to commit inappropriate behavior when they work remotely. Absolutely. Because there's nobody looking over their shoulder anymore in an office. Yeah, it's 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 really you know you know a catch twenty two, and right. it's going to be interesting to you know see what happens uh, down the long run, and it's going to be interesting. I mean, are you going to see employees getting in trouble outside of work? Like, hey, let's say, and, and ironically, am I sitting here you know working for my real estate brokerage and on another screen, I'm actually a hacker, so I'm breaking into the email simultaneously. So it's going to be right. interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years. You know, am I running? Uh, uh, you, know, you know, fancy bear at, Ru at Russian hacking on one computer and selling insurance on the other. Nobody knows. I mean, because again, it's out of control. But like I said, a lot of the companies and going back really quickly before we, uh, you, know, you know, sign off here, you brought up a good point earlier. We were talking about walking around Disney with, uh, you, you know, and they, you know, getting rid of the music, telling you where to mask, wash your hands, use the bathroom, you know, every five seconds coming over the loudspeaker. I actually was having a conversation about this last night. And, you know, because everybody's confused right now. Who do you believe? You know, do you believe the politicians about COVID? You believe the CDC about COVID? You believe Fauci? You know, Sanjay Gupta? Nobody knows what to believe because there's so much information out there. And I thought, and I'm sitting there watching a Disney commercial, mind you, and I'm like, okay, every the little kid's got his masks. He's running around the parks. And then I see another commercial, and I think it was an insurance commercial, and the people are having masks. And you're seeing more of these commercials incorporate people wearing masks and social distancing and safety. And I started thinking, and I'm like, you know who probably has the answers to all this? And it's probably Disney, it's probably Amazon, it's probably the travel industry. They probably know what the long-term effects of COVID are gonna be. They probably know when it's gonna be resolved. Hopefully when it does get resolved, inoculations and whatnot. You know why? Because Disney has enough money to go out there and hire the smartest people in the world to figure this out. And people probably think, yeah, you know, these guys are smart working at the CDC and in politics and whatnot. Yeah, they're not making as much. I mean, Amazon can go out there and pay a guy a billion dollars to find the answer or hire a team of people. And believe me, I'm, in my opinion, they are probably well ahead of everybody else. So I would say, yeah, pay attention to what companies like Disney and Amazon and everybody else are doing, what they're trending. And you'll probably have a better idea of what the outcome of COVID is going to be better than watching the news. I mean, that's just my, I mean, I'm not saying to watch news, but that's just my personal opinion that I kind of was uh, an idea. I was kind of thinking about last night and, you know, watching more of these commercials. I mean, the travel industry, for example, like, you know, they're selling reservations now for cruises in May. They're not making, they're not taking those steps to being foolhardy and, and just, and just insane. I mean, they have paying a lot of people to make, process those analytics to look at that and probably paying these people millions upon millions of dollars. No, I, I agree, uh, Mike. That's awesome that we talked about that part because I, I, I agree that this, yeah, anybody out there think that, oh, why are they being so risky in opening the theme parks? I'm sure Disney, Universal, the cruise lines, their insurance policies, they've had to do pay people, like you said, to do research. Yes. Like a lot of money. And on top of it, they're not going to be, they wouldn't be open, be able to open the theme parks like they have in Florida unless their insurance company, the policy that they have for the insurance said you're okay as long as you follow these guidelines that we mandate you're okay to open and if you don't follow these they, they have those on the loudspeaker all the time because as soon as somebody messes up and it, whether it be a team member or, an, or a guest or whatever that's at the park the insurance company is going to be like 
sorry, you have to shut down until you uh, correct uh, your, uh, your guidelines and make sure that the employees and that the team members and staff enforce these rules on everyone, no exceptions whatsoever, because if we're not reopening your park and letting, we're not going to carry your policy if you can't follow these guidelines 100%. Yeah, I'm gonna be watching. I'm gonna be watching my Amazon driver with the day he stops wearing his mask. I'm gonna be like, ah, things are getting better. Because <laughs> well, yeah. Amazon probably knows more than we all know. Probably knows right. more than the government knows. Of course, I mean that's what I, I'm. I agree with you 100. That's what I've been watching the big corporations like that, like Amazon and Disney, as a way to even model my my brokerage after. Yeah, and, you know, for safety for everybody. Because if those big companies that are worth billions of dollars. They start taking their face covers off and they all start working in the office again. We know we're safe again. Exactly. Exactly. So, exactly. All right, Mike. Well, thank you again for um, being uh, on short notice, getting with me on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. Yeah, oh, as that. far as we know, next week, uh, we're going to be back again Tuesday next week uh, with Blanchard Insurance, a paid sponsor of the show. Uh, Mike, very much thank you again for your time today. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. All right, guys. Well, this has been Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Coming to you live from uh, beautiful Kissimmee, Florida. I'm only 10 minutes to Disney World theme parks uh, with my beautiful listing at 4985 Bond Street West, Kissimmee, Florida. Uh, now listed with a price improvement now at 249000 even. This house will not last long, so make your move today because we've had a showing every single day this week. So anybody that thinks that the real estate market slowed down because of COVID, you're absolutely wrong. Right, Mike? And same with insurance. It doesn't slow down one bit for us. No, and there's and there's some good. I I mean, I'm not a realtor, not a broker, but some of the deals I've been seeing out there are really good. It's actually made me take a look and go, hmm, should I be putting my house in the market and looking? There are some good deals out there right now. Definitely. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Mike, and everybody for watching. This has been Home to All and All Inclusive Real Estate Podcast. I'm Nicholas Acosta, a licensed real estate broker in Florida with Downtown Expert Realty LLC. 407-508-8809 or downtown.expert. See you guys next week. And Mike, I'll talk to you later, man. Have a good day. Man. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Nicholas Acosta with Downtown Expert Realty in Orlando, Florida and host of the podcast, Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Check out his website, www.downtown.expert or 407-508-8809. Facebook and Instagram at downtown.expert. See you next time.